Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Well, hey church, how are we going this morning? It's great to see you all here. My name is Ben. I'm the youth pastor and I get the privilege of speaking this morning, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, It's going to be a great rest of our day. Uh, I I thought before I start uh, my message, I'd take an opportunity. I don't normally get to share a few youth stories with you all that's happening with our high schools on a Friday. Is that okay? Share a few stories of what's been happening. Uh, These are just stories of some kids that have encountered Jesus and are finding him. Uh, this one's by one of our 15-year-old just the other week, said, last week, last week Friday, I dislocated my shoulder at footy, and since then I was in pain most of the time, wasn't able to lift my shoulder above my head. Tonight in worship, two friends were praying for me. I felt tingles through my body. I then felt a relieving feeling on my shoulder when I moved it, and I wasn't painful anymore. I was able to fully move it around without any pain. How good is that? Uh, this is another one from a girl who's recently just started coming to you, she said, my brother and his friend had a spiritual encounter together and have come home to Jesus. That's awesome. Uh, so a 14-year-old girl in our youth group just said this, during the worship songs, I saw one of my friends put her hands up for the first time, singing as loud as she could. How cool is that? And this is from one of our leaders, actually, uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, I saw this young girl at the front of the stage during worship, and I felt led to go pray for her. After praying with her to lead her friends closer to Jesus, I asked her if she had given her life to God yet. She told me that she now has experienced God's love for herself and is really ready to commit her life to Him, so I got to lead her in a prayer to commit her life to God. How cool is that? How cool that there's so many moments in that you guys might not see uh, with high schoolers and on Friday that they are encountering God, that they're experiencing Him, and not only that, but they're so focused on their friends finding God as well, and their friends are praying for each other. Their, their friends are, are walking alongside and discipling people towards Jesus. I think it's incredible, and I just wanted to take a second to thank you for all you do, the, the, the giving, the, the prayers, even parents, the way you raise your kids up uh, in a Christian household and believing in Jesus. It makes such a big difference. It really does. I, I see it week in and week out, the difference it is making in these high schoolers' lives. And you might not see it, and they might not see you, but the, the little that you are doing, even just in there, it makes such a big difference. So I just want to thank you, and hey, maybe I'll share a few more stories every now and then with you guys of what's going on. Um, but hey, we are talking about uh, little things uh, a lot with... A little. And I love, the, I love that focus. I love being able to focus on the small. It's such a big difference to what we normally focus on in life, isn't it? We focus on the big, the big moments, uh, the big breakthroughs in life, big promotions, big, big life steps, stages, the, the great, like they're all the things we look towards, isn't it? And they're all good, but we, we know that life doesn't start big. It starts quite small, doesn't it? Right? A big promotion doesn't just come out of nowhere. It starts with a little effort. Big breakthroughs only start when we start building small habits to overcome things, right? Big life stages, they take consistent, small, little steps to get there. Everything in life actually starts quite small, right? We don't just arrive at the big arrive at the big moments, but it takes time to get there. You know, even most miracles we read in the Bible, while big and miraculous and incredible, they actually start quite small. They start quite small and normal, and they all have one thing in common is they used what they had. All these miracles we read in the Bible start with someone, some person who started with something small and they used what they had. 
You know, in the video we just saw, actually, there's a few um, Bible parables and stories that were mentioned that uh, have this exact same thing. I want to look at a few of them. There's one in 1 Kings 17. This is about the prophet Elijah who came across uh, a widow who only had enough food to uh, feed her son one last meal. It says, uh, when Elijah came to the town gate, a widow there was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you please, please bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and please bring me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that I may eat it and die. Now Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. That's nice. And bring it and then make some for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now they were currently in a long drought. So this is a pretty good deal. This isn't just forecast as next Tuesday, but it's going to last a long time. Yeah, this isn't Toowoomba. <laughs> she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of oil was not used up, the jug of oil did not run dry, uh, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. See, a great big miracle. This is the last meal. We were about to die, and then God used my little, my little flour, my little oil for something much greater that lasted a lot longer. <clears throat> Another one, Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is one we might be aware of, but Mark 6. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped off from the boat, and he had compassion on the people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Later in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so they can go to nearby farms, villages, find something to eat. Jesus said, no, you feed them. With what they asked, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. So Jesus said, how much bread do you have? Go out and find. They came back and reported, we've got five loaves of bread, two fish. Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups, and they did that. So Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets left over. See, huge, another miracle, something small, going, okay, what can we find? What can we do? Here is like barely a lunch, a little snack pack. And then by the little they had, Again, giving it to God turned into something big, into something great, a lot bigger than what they had before. See, and while these are both considered big, famous miracles, something very exciting, they started with a small act of faith. It took two people, instead of focusing on what they couldn't do, instead of focusing on what they didn't have, it just took them to look at what they did have, what they could do, and that's how a miracle took place. Right? The widow couldn't feed her family, but she could pour one jar of oil. The disciples couldn't feed 5,000 people, but they could see how much food they could find. They looked at what they could do. You know, our relationship with the little will determine if we ever see it big. The little that we have in our lives, in, in, in our faith, in our relationships, in our, our work, in whatever we're doing, whatever we feel we have that's little, the relationship we have with that and how we choose to use it, how we choose to interact with it, how we choose to believe with it will determine if we ever see it turn into a lot, into something big, or if it just stays small. Because so often I think we, we look at the small that we have, right? We look at the little opportunity we have, that whatever it may be, and all we see sometimes is what it isn't, right? We look at it 
and we go, oh man, this, I, I, I wish it was more. I, I, I wish I had more. I wish I was more, whatever it might be. Now we look at our job and we think of the career we don't have, right? We open up our bank account and we look at the zeros we don't have, right? We wish they were on the other side of the comma. We, we even look at our family and our friends and we think maybe how they're not meeting the expectations we, we have or, or even meeting um, the, the needs that we currently have in our lives. We go, oh, I wish they were like this. Oh, I wish they could do these things. And all it is is this. And again, what, what started as, again, what, what is meant to be a blessing from God, an opportunity from God, the little that He's given us, is by focusing on the things that it isn't, by, by wishing we, we could do other things instead of the, the capability that we have, is we actually become trapped by it, don't we? What's meant to be a seed of potential and a gift from God, all of a sudden it, it's become a prison. We, we've become a slave to it and it's shaping our worldview by, by looking at this little thing going, oh man, I wish I had everything that wasn't in my hands. I wish it was different. I wish I had what they have. Oh, I wish that this could do more. And all of a sudden, what was meant to be a potential and a gift from God has become a prison. We're a slave to it. It's shaped our worldview of just looking at what we don't have and what we can't do. You know, Doug talked about this reminder from God last Sunday in Zechariah, where he says, don't despise these small beginnings. That's what we're told to do, but that's what we do though, isn't it? When we're focusing on what we can't do and what we don't have, we're despising these small beginnings, this little thing in our hand, this little opportunity that we do have. We're looking at it going, man, I wish you were bigger. Ah, oh, I wish you could do more. Ah, oh, I wish it was what, what they're holding on to. And we're starting to despise. And we're not believing we can do anything. See, we can choose to either despise the small beginnings and never see it change, hold on to the seed wishing it was bigger. See, or we can maybe have a change of perspective. And start to look at what we have and say, God, how can you use this? God, you've given me this. Lord, how can I plant it? How can I use the little that I do have? How can we start to use the little opportunities, the little moments that God has given us instead of just wishing and hoping it was different? Because God is in the business of turning our little into a lot. That is his heart. That is his character. Time and time, read through the Bible, we can see that is who God is. Story after story, even in this church, Sona talked about, people started a school here. They probably didn't imagine it could be this, but they started with a little, and then a lot has come. But are we willing? That's the big point. It's in God's character, it's in God's heart, it's in His will, but is it in our will? Is it in your will to use your will to make a bigger difference, to do something more? So how do we avoid becoming a slave to the little, right? That's the question. How do we avoid being trapped by this thing, only focusing on everything else around us? How do we stop comparing our opportunities to others? How do we stop comparing our journey to the people around us? <clears throat> how do we stop comparing our losses to their wins, to their highlight reel, right? It's the, that's the big thing we all struggle with. We all go through with it. How do we do it? How do we stop focusing on what we can't do and we can't control? Because why we need to do this is this is where the, I guess, the, the despising, the bitterness sets in, isn't it? Is we focus on everything around us and then all of a sudden what we have becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, right? We, we look at the things in our life, we look at our workplace where maybe God's, God's put us and we go, oh, I can't, you know, I can't decide my work hours, 
right? So generally, I've got a desire to work less, right? We're going, this is what I've got. Oh, I wish it wasn't that, right? I can't decide my paycheck, so I desire to earn more, probably. Maybe, or maybe it's less. It's probably more. You know, I can't help my family. I wish I had more time for them. Again, we're looking what's outside of this. I, I wish I could grow at work. I could further my career. Oh, how do I do that? Again, it's outside of what we have. How do we do it? How do we break through that? Because God tells us, hey, don't despise these small beginnings. Even further, he says in Colossians, is everything we do should be as if we are working for the Lord. So again, everything is pointing us towards that, that we need to break and we need to have an adjustment. We need to change our thoughts going, don't despise it, don't avoid it, but no, no, use what you have. Everything is pointing us towards that, to changing our actions. Now, thankfully, this is not just a chin-up situation of going, well, just stop it, you know, be grateful for what you have, amen, right? That's not very encouraging. It's not very helpful either because we try that and then we turn out, oh, it turns out life is harder than that. turns out it's harder to completely change how I think and what I focus on and looking at all these things. Jesus is the example, right, in all areas of life. And thankfully, he's taught on this. If we read through what Jesus has said in the Bible, we can actually see he's taught on almost this exact thing to people around him with what to do with their little when they feel trapped, what to do with their little when they feel that they are a slave to life around them, when they're a slave to their small and they wish they had more, they wish they could do more. Jesus teaches on this exact same thing. It was actually found in one of Jesus' most famous moments, the Sermon on the Mount, where he's uh, speaking to the Jewish community, a bunch of people uh, that why, they were in a different situation. They were under Roman occupation, right? They'd been invaded. Uh, there is a new ruler of the land. And they are asking the question, how do I live my life? How do I live in this new situation? How do I live in this new time? Because really, they were in every sense of the word a slave, Right? We use the word slave pretty liberally. Right, We're pretty lucky where we are. But that is exactly what they were. They were slaves to the Roman government, to the invading army that had just taken in. Right? So the Romans come through. They say if they upped their taxes, they just had to do it. They came and said, you actually owe us 50% of what you earned. Well, you just got to do it. Too bad. Uh, if they required your help, too bad. You help them or stab. You probably get, you, you die. Right? There's no discussion in this. Right? They had to do it. They were a slave to them. There was even a specific law, a specific rule that they had that if a Roman soldier were to ask you to carry uh, their gear for them, no matter where you were, no matter what you're doing, you had to do it. The rule said you had to carry it for a whole mile. Man, how annoying. You've just pulled into the shops. You you just got home and boop, boop, sirens come on. Now, hey, come on, let's go for a walk. Carry all my stuff. Let's go this way. A whole mile. Quite, Quite annoying. What an annoying detour. But they had to do it. They were a slave to it. They could not do less than expected of them. They had to do exactly that. And I think that's a a pretty good term of um, servitude and and slavitude, right? Um, But uh, I want to ask a question. What, What would we do if we were in that same position? If we were pushed into a corner like that, how would we react? How would we, what would we do around that situation? And I think we, we do the same as what they do, which is um, we get a little petty. We, we do exactly uh, as little as required of us, right? Now, it might not be this situation, but imagine um, what, what they would be doing is they're carrying the gear and they start to pace out, right? They know exactly how many steps a mile is. So they're going 691, 692, 900, drop their gear. I've done my legal requirement goodbye, I'm going back home, right? I did what I had to do, the bare minimum, I'm, I'm out, I've done it, okay? I can't get in trouble, I did it, right? And go, oh, that's, that's you know, 
wow, haha, quite pettier than counting their steps. I think we're the exact same, right? If we're asked to work overtime, 7 p.m., no one's sitting at their computer, 7.15, oh, I'm just going to finish these emails and I might clean the bins out and then I'll head, no, 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 it's 6.59, 7, boom, computer off, I walk out the door, right? Even at home, I'm a a bit like this, is if I've got a list of jobs to do, like some things I need to do around the house, it's do the washing, mow the lawn, do the dishes, all that stuff. If it's not on the list, it's not getting done because it wasn't asked, right? The bin can be overflowing and I'm like, but I I wasn't topping up. And I was like, what about this? Like, no, nah, wasn't on the list. I didn't get asked to do it. Right? I'm not looking around for more things to do. The minimum requirement is there, and I will do that. And I think everyone is actually quite like that. And it's the attitude, isn't it? Of, <coughs> of I, I'm not in control. This isn't something I wanted to do. I've been forced to do this. So I'm not going over and above. I will do as little as required of me. I don't feel in control. So I'm going to wait. Same with our faith, isn't it? Is there's so little I can do compared to what I'm focusing on around me. There's so little difference I can make. There's so little people I can reach. There's so little influence I have compared to what is around me and to what I see. And I don't feel in control because I wish I could do that. So I'm going to do as little as possible until the big comes. Right? You hear people say this. Like, I'm just waiting for my miracle. I'm just waiting for that. When that job promotion comes, then I'm going to start, you know, making an influence in my workplace. Oh, when when I start earning more, man, then that 10% of giving is going to make a much bigger difference. So I'm just holding out for that. Oh, I just just need another night off, then I'll start the small group. Then I'll do it, right? I wait for the life change, you know, to happen. Kids, family, whatever. Then I can do it. Jesus flips his whole attitude on his head when he was talking to these Jewish people in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, he says this, You've heard the law say that the punishment must match the injury. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court, your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask. Don't turn away from those who want to borrow. See, what Jesus is teaching here is that if you feel like a slave, if you feel hemmed in, you feel that you can't do anything, you need to take control back. We aren't meant to feel like slaves. Through the Old Testament, the whole God was bringing his people out of being slaves, to being his own people. So Jesus is saying, don't be a slave. See, if you're stuck focusing on all you can't do with the little, we're focusing on that, then we are missing out on what we can do with what we have. Jesus is saying, take control back, do what you can do, and watch me turn it into a miracle. See, with being a slave to something, to to even our our worldview that we see here, you you might not be able to do less than asked of you. And this is the point Jesus is going to. You can always do more, right? You might not be able to work outside of, again, if you're asked to work nine to five, you can't just decide to work eight to three, right? When when I go to the fuel station, I can't just decide it's a dollar 40 a litre. That's not in my power, right? There are things where we feel we can't do less, but... Jesus is saying here, if you want to take control back, you can always do more. Take your situation, take your opportunity and turn it into a blessing. Turn it into something where you are going, I will do everything I actually can do. Because you can imagine as, as the, the, the person is carrying the gear for the Roman soldier. 
probably the Roman person in his head is counting as well, going, sweet, they're going to drop the gear in three, two, one. Oh, they're still walking. They're going, oh, hey, you, you can leave now. It's been a mile. Oh, that's okay. I'm happy to help. We're, we're just going over there. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. All of a sudden, it's not you're forced to do this. You have to do this. You're stuck doing this. It's a, well, I choose to do this. I want to do this. I'm here to help. I see an opportunity and I'm going to use this opportunity for good. I'm going to turn this around to be in my control now, right? I'm going to use what I was given. And if I was given a a sucky situation to carry a heavy bag for a mile, I'll use it for good. I'll use it for how I can. Come on, it's not that I think we are a slave to how little we can do. I think where we get stuck is we are actually a slave to what we won't do. Where again, we're focusing on all these things and we forget that we can't, what we can do with the little in our hands. And even the, the parable of the talents, right? There's the one person who decided to, to bury the one he was given because he, he thought it was inconsequential, right? The others had five, invested five, 10 came back, invested three, what, whatever. But the one, he had one. Oh, I wish I, I can't, I could never get as much, much as that person. But the goal was never for him to receive a certain amount, but you can invest one and get one back. And that would have been seen as faithful, as Jesus says in the parable. Come on, when we do more than expected of us, when we do more with our little, that is when God turns it into a miracle. That's when we see heaven start to break loose. That is when we start to see the impossible happen because we're saying, God, I give this to you. God, I'm going to use what you have given me. See, where, where we see a bare minimum in life, again, like I'll, I'll, I'll get by, I'll do just enough. Where we see that, God sees the opportunity for a miracle. So again, going back to the stories we talked about at the, the very start of this, the bare minimum for the widow could have just been, I'm just going to make one meal and then we're done. Wouldn't be in the Bible then, would it? Just be a very sad story. Bare minimum for the disciples was just to send the, food, the, the crowd away to hopefully find some food before dark. Again, that wouldn't have been chapter whatever in the Bible. It just would, that wouldn't have been very interesting. Jesus preaches to a crowd and then sends everyone away. No, but that was the bare minimum of the situation. But instead of just doing that, again, they used what they had. Okay, well, the, the man of God told me to, if, I, if I make this one food that more will come, okay, well, I've got to believe it. I'm going to do it. Okay, well, Jesus says, Jesus says, gather up the food. So I don't care that I'm only bringing a, a little, you know, lunchbox full of food. I'm going to bring it to him. There's a trust. There's a faith in God. Even if it's a little faith, even if it's a little trust, it still makes a big difference. Because God is in the bigness, again, business of turning our little to a lot. But are we willing? Come on, are we willing to use the little that we have? Come on, we've got to stop focusing on the I need more. It consumes so much of us. It shrinks our faith. So like, oh, if only I worked less. If only I had more time to myself. If only I had more resources, then I could do this. Then I could be this. No, no, no. Come on, if you've got a little bit of time, if that's all you've got, how can you use it to the fullest capability and watch God grow it? Oh, Luke 16, he says, if you are faithful in the little things, then you'll be faithful in the large things. If you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility, but we are meant to be faithful with the little. That's the test from God. That's what he's asking of us, saying, be faithful in the little. Use what you have. 
Come on, instead of wishing and focusing on the hours that you can't give to prayer, the hours you can't give to growing closer to God, how are you using the minutes? Oh, there's a quote from Smith Wigglesworth. I love this, where he says, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. And I just love that. That's the exact answer right there is, oh, I'm not like, I don't have all this time to do this. I don't have all this, but I do have this. So I'll use it. Instead of just sitting by going, oh man, I wish I had hours to pray. It's just, no, I'm just gonna always pray. I'm always growing. Come on, you might not be able to change the words spoken against you. That might be out of your control. What can you do? Well, you can choose to speak life over yourself. You can choose to bless those who harm you. Pray for those who persecute you. That's a choice you do have. That's something you can do. That's the little you can be in control of. You might be a slave to your sin. You feel that you can't beat these habits. You can't overcome these temptations. What you can do, you can always increase better godly habits. You can always read more of the Bible. You can always choose to listen to more worship music, surround yourself in that atmosphere. You can always choose to have more faith-filled friends and be in that small group and be more committed. (coughs) Sorry. And let them speak into you as well. These are things we can choose to do. Instead of focusing on what we can't, we go, no, 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 God, what can I do with this little God? How can you use it? Come on, don't even focus on the the people you can't disciple. I wish I could reach them. I wish I had a better friendship over there. I wish I could be like those people. Man, that's the story of my life. I'm always looking at the fruit on other people's tree. Man, I wish I was like that. What little do I have? Come on, no more excuses. You know what, oh, I, don't, I don't have many people to disciple. Oh, I don't know who I could do. Well, I've got a neighbor. I've got someone who lives right next door. Well, I go to gym sometimes, not as often as Doug, but, but sometimes. And there are opportunities. Instead of wishing I had all these other things, I can come back to that. What can I do? What has God given me? Because God, it's a gift from God. If God gave us something physical, we would go, oh my gosh, this is special, this is amazing. But all of a sudden we we look at our opportunities and we go, well, it's not like theirs. Well, it's not as special as that. No, come on, hold what God has given you. It is important, it is great. Come on, what extra mile can you take with your little? What extra mile could you take with the little you've been given? Because Jesus only needs a little to change the world. Well, there's a little bit of faith that God says can move mountains. It's a little stone that David took to kill Goliath. Even Paul, Paul, while he was a a, a prisoner in Rome in chains, when he wanted to be preaching to the city, well, he was sort of stuck in solitary confinement in prison. But he had a little, he's like, man, well, who can I preach to? Who can I disciple? Who can I get a captor? I'll preach to the the, the literal one person in front of me. It was very little. And he could have focused on what was around him. No, 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 but he went, no, this is what I can do. Come on, we don't need more than what God has given us. God has given you everything he believes you need. Come on, we should sit in that a bit longer, that God is confident that this little is enough. I might not feel like it. You might not feel like it. Everything around us tells us it's not, but if our God, our Creator, our Father is confident that this is all we need, to go about and make disciples, to, to do the Great Commission, to make a difference in this world, then we've got to start having some confidence in that, saying, okay, God, well, if this is what you actually want me to do, I'm going to do that. God, if all it is is making one little meal, God, I'll do that. 
God, if it's collecting the food to, to I don't know how, Jesus, I don't know how you're gonna feed these people, but it's what you said, it's what you've given me. All right, and you say it's enough? Okay, come on, we've got to have faith. We've got to believe that it's enough. What more assurance do we need than that? That our little is everything we need. Come on, let's go the extra mile. Let, let, let's get control back. Don't focus on the stuff around us. But focus on what you do have, how you can use that to make a difference in the world. Come on, let's, let's pray when we close our eyes. God, I thank you so much that <coughs> you have given us everything we need. God, everything we need. God, help us to not focus on what we can't do, what we don't have, Lord, the distractions around us. Help us to see the little that we have and see the potential, see the future in that of, of this is how we change our family. This is how we reach those at our workplace. God, this is how we make a difference in our city. God, this is all I need. God, you've given us all we need. All, all we need is your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your strength, God. You've given that to us, an endless supply from heaven. God, your Holy Spirit is with us. What more would we need? God, I thank you that you can help us start to see that, Lord. And well, this week as we go out to our work, our family, all those different places, God, that we're going to make a big difference and we're going to use it. We're not going to despise these small beginnings. God, I thank you. You know, the big thing about this is that it can't be done without God. This is not just a hustle and grind mentality of I'm going to work at this. Because at the end of the day, the widow was just making food. At the end of the day, the disciples were just gathering. But it was Jesus who multiplied the food. It was God who brought a miracle. Are you bringing your little to God? Are you bringing it to Him saying, God, what can you do with this? You know, right now in this place, you might have me thinking, I, I don't even know if I can believe in God. I don't know if I have the faith to believe that God could use my little. It's so inconsequential. My life is so insignificant. But I just say it all again. Come on, all you need is a little faith. All you need is a, a, a sliver, a mustard seed of faith. If you can't believe in God, this is the moment to say, God, I'm, I'm gonna give you this little faith. Turn it around. So maybe in this place, you, you don't know God. You haven't been following the life He has for you. You haven't been using your, your gifts and resources and opportunities the way He wants us to. Well, come on, let's give our little to Him. Come on, if you need God in your life right now, I'd love to pray for you. Even if you don't have the faith, use that little bit, that little bit and watch God turn it into something greater. Come on, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, to following Him, to knowing Him, to seeing Him turn your little into a lot, I'd love to pray for you. Why don't you just give me a wave, put your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Come on, there's people in this place who need Jesus. I'm gonna lead you to Him. That's awesome. Come on, joining the four, four people on Friday who said yes to Jesus in the exact same situation like this. That's awesome. Come on, hey, why don't I pray for you all? Why don't we keep our eyes closed? God, I thank you so much that you died for us. You paid the price for our sins, God. And right now as we're saying we're coming back to you, we're coming home to you, God. We, we give you our little. We give you the little that we have, God. And thank you as you turn it into something great or that you designed our life to be. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.